0: Welcome to the Supreme Court of Virginia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ben Glass Law and Virginia Appellate Attorney Steve Emmert. Listening to oral arguments from the Supreme Court of Virginia is one of the best ways to stay abreast of both substantive and procedural law. And today's smart lawyers know that any case, even if it is outside their practice area, can offer a learning opportunity. So, listen, enjoy, subscribe, and leave us feedback. Emergency.
1: May it please the court. My name is Bill Hopkins. I'm from Roanoke, Virginia. I represent Joseph <coughs> Corvey through his mother and next friend, Tracy Baller. Uh This is an insurance coverage case. Uh, Joseph is seeking UIM coverage through a policy issued to his parents by a State Farm. The uh, precise issue presented to this court on this appeal is whether the the injuries to Joseph occurred on the school bus as a school bus. Uh, The facts are straightforward. In fact, they were uh, stipulated to by State Farm and Corvée in the trial court for purposes of the coverage issue. Joseph was 10 at the time of these events. He's autistic. He cannot talk. He catches a school bus in Lynchburg to go to Bedford it's a Bedford County school bus Uh, the school bus is equipped with uh, special needs harnesses Uh, he has a classmate that rode the bus with him Timothy Kilpatrick Uh, Joseph is uh, strapped into the bus when he gets on the bus with the special needs harness and across the aisle from him is his classmate, Timothy, who's also strapped in with the special needs buses. Uh, The defendants in the case, in the underlying case, are the bus driver and the school bus aide. Ms. Holland is the bus driver. Ms. Evans is the school bus aide. Uh, During uh, a couple of trips on this bus, the uh, aide and the driver struck Timothy, uh, with, uh, with a hand, with glass water, kicks Timothy, pushes his head up against the, the bus, uh, spraying with the chemical, uh, among other things. They also struck Joseph on more than one occasion, and all these events
2: are uh, captured on, on camera. So they have a remedy in tort. They even have a possible prosecution criminally. But how does a criminal assault on a bus relate to you and UIM. if it's, I mean, the whole argument appears to me to be, well, it happened on a bus, which means that there is nothing left to the causal relationship test that has been watered down over the years.
1: Well, I think the safety bo- uh, uh, harnesses are, are critical to that part. Uh, and there was an the analogy in, that we used in, in the brief. Right? It's at uh, pages 11 and 12. You have two men. One uh, beating of a third. One man holds the uh, victim, the other man strikes him. The man holding the victim is is akin to the safety harnesses. Even the trial judge admitted that without the safety harnesses, these, these torts, these assaults would have been more difficult to accomplish. I would submit to you that what's important is that the safety harnesses were used as part of the torts. And as part of the bus, that, that gives you the causal connection, I would submit to you, between the use of the bus, the vehicle, and the use of the buses uh, for Joseph Ventures. Uh, even the trial, the trial judge, as I, as I mentioned, admitted that it made the, the, uh, the assaults uh, easier. And uh, but what's important
2: is that's the way the assaults occurred Their use of the safety harnesses well the bus itself made it easier the kids weren't on a bus with walls around them I mean the argument proves too much and that's exactly what the trial judge said he said okay so the harnesses are armed, so they're sitting in a seat so there's an enclosed space where the criminal uh, criminal assaulters are there having access to them I mean at some point, the causal change becomes so attenuated, it seems to me that all we're really talking about is getting to a deep pot. Why is my sentiment wrong? Well, the, the causal, I would submit
1: to you that the causal change in this case is far closer than uh, other cases where you have found uh, a causal connection and coverage. The cases that have vexed the trial courts in this commonwealth, and to some extent this court, Involve cases in which the plaintiff isn't the driver of the subject vehicle, isn't a passenger of the su- subject vehicle, doesn't even
2: t- touch the subject vehicle. Well, what's your best authority in our state for a criminal assault occurring in a vehicle and triggering UMUIM?
1: Well, it doesn't matter whether, there was, whether the torts involved are criminal or not. It's clear by the case law. And I believe it's Fireman's Fund versus Slay, and even even the federal court case, John Doe, that's cited by uh, State Farm is that the intent of the defendants is not a factor in coverage. So if they intended to commit the crime the tort that they did, and if the tort that they committed happens to be a crime, it doesn't matter. That doesn't affect
2: coverage. Okay. Now, it doesn't affect coverage in that vehicles are not designed and there's no purpose for the vehicles to be used as a a cage match to beat children in i mean the, the idea is you're using a vehicle as a vehicle and you need um uim to cover accidents but this is a criminal assault an intentional tort however you want to say it having really nothing to do with the vehicle except where it happened there
1: it has well certainly the safety harnesses had a lot to do with the assaults and they're part of the vehicle and as, as, as you well know that the transportation aspect of the case is, is not the the use is not
2: limited to the transportation of, of the case So the assaults would not have occurred if they had been in some different safety belt
1: <coughs> much more difficult in the case of forcing young Joseph to watch what happens to Timothy, probably not. But the important part is, they did happen everybody.
3: That and that's the hand that State Farm has been dealt. I think you said uh, just a few minutes ago that the reason why the restraints provided a nexus uh, to coverage was because it made it easier to commit the assault. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, sir. Well, in the case you just cited, which was Doe versus State Farm, um, there was a sexual assault and the uh, perpetrator forced the woman into his car, then drove the car to an isolated place and committed the assault in the car. Now, if if the nexus that you have alleged in this case is it made it easier to commit uh, the offense, why wouldn't the Doe case be an example of, of an analogous situation and coverage was denied in that case? Well, first off, the Doe case was probably decided incorrectly. It's a federal case. The abduction claim in well, the Well, one of them was, that's for sure. Sir? To, one of them was. So <laughs> which one was it? Which one was... Was it you, the case that you have that you have on appeal or the Doe case?
1: Well, the, he that, would say Both. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say both, Your Honor, but the Doe—let I'll explain to you why the Doe case, I think, was decided incorrectly. Part of the claim that the plaintiff had in the Doe case was abduction. that At least that part of the claim, where she was, and the abduction occurred by picking her up as a passenger and taking her from point A to point B. You can have an abduction without use of a vehicle, but it would be very difficult. That part of the claim. But
3: removing the victim... To a, an isolated place where the attack could occur wouldn't that be easier to do because it's now being uh, in an isolated place and you use the car to get there which is the same analogous thing that you just said was that the the straps the unusual uh, way in which the uh, children were restrained made it easier to commit the offense and to, the acts so did the car in this case make it easier if we follow that logic because they've, they've driven the, the victim into an isolated area, making it easier to commit the acts. Why, If that's the case, Doe for State Farm says it doesn't apply. There's no coverage. The,
1: Doe, Doe, the abduction claim of Doe, there should have been covered. I would submit there should have been coverage for the abduction. And the abduction of the plaintiff, the victim, she was a passenger in the vehicle from point A to point B. Now, Judge Ellis, I believe it was Judge Ellis in, in the federal case, he thread the needle on that part of the claim by saying, yes, but what she's claiming for for abduction really aren't the injuries that she's seeking recovery for. The injuries she's seeking for recovery for is when the car is parked, where, where the sexual assault and the beatings occur in a parked car,
2: well, that's just it. The, the, in this case, there's no injuries caused by the straps. It's the injuries caused by the criminal assault.
1: Well, the, the straps played an integral part, though. Well, so in did the car injuries. and Doe. What's that? So did the car and Doe. And, and Doe, Doe was decided incorrectly. The abduction claim in Doe, should have, there should have been coverage for the abduction claim in Doe. Now, he thread the needle by saying, the injuries occurred not through the, because of the abduction, but once the car hits the site, sexual assault, the batteries, then the car becomes nothing more than a motel room or
2: what have you. But don't you see what Judge Ellis is saying and what some of the questions you're hearing today might be saying, which is, you know, you can always conjure up some wild causal connection under some Adam and Eve by four causation standard, but there's got to be something more. If you were to go to the average person and say, Did this, was this an accident that arose out of the use of the vehicle? The average person would say, what? This is a criminal assault by two people on two defenseless children. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with an accident for the use of the vehicle. And I wonder if our rhetoric, our legal rhetoric, is going so far to attenuated causation that just about anything that happens in and around a vehicle is enough to trigger the deep pocket of UN.
1: Well, this is in and around a vehicle. The cases that have vexed this court and have vexed the trial courts are cases where the plaintiff doesn't even touch the vehicle, isn't a passenger, isn't a driver. The plaintiff in this case was a passenger during all times of the assaults. Uh, Joseph was a voluntary passenger in the, in the bus. He he suffered the injuries while he was a passenger. Uh, State Farm knew. State Farm knew that the bus was a vehicle that could be insured. I think under, covered, under the language of the policy, any vehicle, any motor vehicle would, would qualify. Anybody that's also, it was contemplated by the parties that there'd be contact between the school bus aide and the school bus driver, not only contemplated, but really required. Anybody that's ever ridden on a bus. Private school or public school knows that stuff happens. All of these points, I think, uh, come together to counsel that this would have been contemplated by the by the parties as part of the coverage. I would submit that this this case, with the plaintiff as a passenger, is a far cl- better case, clearer case than the cases this court has held, where plaintiff. Does it touch it, the vehicle? Is it necessarily next to the vehicle? Uh, those are the cases
3: that have vexed this court. In this can case, I would submit to court. You a, a, obviously a hypothetical. If, if the children were in harnesses and somebody outside the bus threw a rock and it struck one of the children in a harness, would you be here on that case as well? If someone outside the vehicle yeah. threw a rock through the window,
1: that's a that's a tougher case, Your Honor. That's a tougher case because in 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 this case, we have the school bus bus aide and school bus driver where the parties understand and contemplate that there's going to be con- contact between
2: uh, those parties and and the students. So if I'm an auto insurance liability underwriter, I think the takeaway from that would be, okay, anything bad that happens, rapes, beatdowns, projectiles shot at the vehicle, I've just got to cover everything if it happened in the vehicle. Because for you, you and you, I am. Isn't that really the the conclusion of your paradigm for liability? No, sir, because the
1: safety harnesses what takes this case out of that scenario the safety harnesses were integral part of the bus they were an integral part of those torts that's the way the torts occurred without the man holding the other man you don't have the same beating
4: Council, how would the safety
3: harness differ from the doors being locked or the doors
1: being closed and not locked how does the
4: safety harness differ from anything that would serve to keep the children inside the bus?
1: Well, the safety harnesses are, are more confining obviously than, than the doors and are part of the the transportation of the, of the plane. The Doe case involved getting to a, a, a place and then the assaults occurring. But if you're the I'll finish up. If you're the If you're the passenger passenger of a vehicle, and these these occur during the ride from from point A to point B, I would submit to the court that that provides the connection. So your argument, if if the safety harness was not there and the doors were just locked, you would not be here?
5: Would you hire an appellate lawyer to handle your jury trial? Of course not. Trying cases requires a different focus, a different way of speaking, even a different way of thinking from handling appeals. So why would you ask a trial lawyer to handle your appeal? When it comes time to appear in an appellate court, trust a lawyer who specializes in appeals only. Steve Emmert limits his practice to appeals. Other lawyers consult him when they face tough problems in the appellate maze. Focus on what you do best. Call Steve Emmert at 757-965-5021 direct to find out how he can help you. Again, that's Steve Emmert at 757-965-5021. Tough,
3: case. Tough well, case. What about if it was just a regular seat belt? let of the safety harness. Well kept the children in
1: place. A, a seat belt is, is a... Uh, not as confining as these safety harnesses. These children have no ability, really, to get out from under the safety harnesses. That's that's why they were there.
3: Right, but I, I imagine there are some children that couldn't get out of a seatbelt either.
1: There, there probably would be coverage under under those scenarios, Your Honor. Thank right, you for thank hearing you very much.
4: may it please the court good morning my name is John Catano representing the appellee State Farm I'm not sure I should say a word perhaps just sit down with these questions but um, I, I think what counsel for Corovo is trying to do um, is to convince the court to make an exception or perhaps an extension or perhaps just disregard the Jane Doe versus State Farm <laughs> Federal District Court case with Judge Ellis. And as you all are familiar with, what Judge Ellis said about the automobile, and, and we know the, the uh, premise from which we start, is that in order for there to be a recovery in the UMUIM situation, um, the vehicle must be used as a vehicle And the injury has to have arisen from the vehicle being used as a vehicle. And Judge Ellis said, in really, all these cases are unfortunate. They're horrible cases. But in the Jane Doe case, Judge Ellis, Federal District Court, was saying that the vehicle in that case uh, was merely the forum or the location or the venue where these horrible sexual assaults occurred happened to be in a vehicle. could have happened in an elevator, a phone booth, a basement, an apartment, but just because it so happened to have occurred in a vehicle does not give rise to the coverage that, in this case, the appellant is seeking. And, and what I understood from the briefs, more so than perhaps the argument, was that counsel for Coravu Was trying to draw an analogy between this court's ruling in State Farm versus Rice, which he didn't mention. It's mentioned a lot in the briefs, but this morning, and that's a hunting case. And you are this court uh, extended an initial ruling from State Farm versus Powell, which was a rifle case where just a rifle inadvertently went off, and this court found that there was no (laughs) coverage killed someone standing right next to a truck who just happened to be there. They were socially gathering and a rifle discharged without anyone doing it. Just no one even knows why. But it was inside a truck on a gun rack and it discharged and killed Powell. And this court said there was no UMUIM coverage in that case um, for the reasons stated However, in the State Farm versus Rice case, this court ruled after the Powell case that in the Rice case, uh, a jeep was used, two guys were going hunting in Amherst County, and they loaded up to go hunting that morning with guns, ammo, camo, coffee, everything had to do with This court used the word, uh, I think, an expedition, a hunting expedition. It was an excursion. It was a a, a reason for their being that morning in the Jeep was to go hunting. And the passenger got out and was walking away, not far from the Jeep, and the driver was retrieving his rifle that he had laid on the front seat of the Jeep, and when he picked it up, it went off and, you know... Things happen. I can't imagine how it could happen, but he killed the guy who was walking, his buddy, who was walking away. And this court did find coverage in that case because, in large part, I believe, that the instrument uh, in that case which caused the injury was the rifle, which was an implement of the hunting excursion. And that's... the, the Counsel is trying to draw an analogy by raising this safety harness issue because the safety harnesses in the special needs school bus in our case were part of what he would like to say a specific purpose of the special needs bus just like the specific purpose of the hunting um, excursion or expedition in rice and uh, my argument on the uh, it's already been made um, in the, regarding the safety harness issue in this case, is that it was not the implement at all of the injury for which they're seeking recovery. It wasn't. It didn't cause any injury. The implement of the injuries in this case were these two. You know, the bus driver and the bus's aide. Uh, they had fly swatters ever beaten someone? They they uh, 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 spray cans. I don't know what it was could have been insect repellent, or I don't know what it was. They had a spray can in there, and they were elbowing this poor kid and slapping him and um, horrible stuff. But the safety harnesses were not the implements of any of the injuries. There was no safety harness burn. There was no safety harness rash. There was nothing to do with it. And the trial court, Judge Burnett, uh, as as it's in the appendix, said, yeah, you know, it's, an in, it's interesting,
0: but... Um, and also, do you don't that. have the mobility factor in the same way that you had in rice, where everything was loaded into the jeep and the jeep was then driven to the location of the hunt. Um, that seemed to inform the court's thinking in a way that here uh, just didn't happen. Yes. I mean, it just seems like another ground of distinction yeah. with rice specifically.
4: Yes. Yeah, I think I think there's a the, there's a lot of grounds of distinctions, and, and I, I think counsel would would like the court to just draw these analogies that I just don't think uh, fit. And exactly. I, I just
3: I, I find the, the Rice case to be very attenuated. Myself, I, if we we're all talking about which one was decided incorrectly. In my book, it was Rice. Okay. And I what's so, I mean you you, see, you change the facts slightly. Um and people are going to the, the bowling in the bowling league and they have to bring a bowling ball in a in a VW Beetle and it rolls and crushes somebody's foot or breaks a toe. is that is that coverable under UIM?
4: Well, I would argue uh since you mentioned that rice could have been <laughs> decided incorrectly, I would agree with you that it probably, you know, that was well, that was know, quite a leap from Powell to Rice.
3: I realize that what you're trying to do is to distinguish it, and that's what you have to do, and you're doing a good job of it. But maybe the entire concept of the case is wrong. It's, that was a very friendly question, but that's all right.
4: Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, certainly in the, I, I would be here in the bowling ball case arguing probably similar things that You know, I guess that, like counsel said of Jane Doe uh, versus State Farm, the Rice, uh, State Farm versus Rice case maybe was decided incorrectly, but I'm certainly not going to say, you're the one who brought that up. I wouldn't (laughs) want to say that in front of this court. Um, I'm just trying to distinguish it respectfully. Well, I know that what you're trying to do is distinguish
3: it, and that's what your job is, so I'm not going to criticize your your unwillingness to... Attack the underlying concepts. That's quite right.
4: You can just distinguish it. All right. In any event, um, that's really all I have. Um, you know, without just repeating myself again. I I, uh, I think Judge Ellis's opinion. I, I just can't see how this case, if there's any legitimacy to Jane Doe versus State Farm, the Federal District Court, Judge Ellis, was as far as I could read a really uh, thorough. Um, well reasoned, lengthy, you know, uh, instructive um, decision. I mean, he went into cases and, and uh, did a really, I thought, solid job of just laying this out uh, without question that in that case, in the most unfortunate of facts you could imagine, sorry, Jane Doe, you know, the car was only the location the venue, the forum, you know, in which this thing happened. It wasn't, you know, being used as a... Thank you all very much. I appreciate it.
0: All the next case. Thank you for tuning in to the Supreme Court of Virginia podcast. My name is Ben Glass, and Steve Emmert and I provide these oral argument audios for free as a public service. If you're a fan of the podcast, I'd love to send you my book, Renegade Lawyer Marketing, absolutely free. Just visit www.benglassreferrals.com and I'll be glad to ship it to you. This book has helped thousands of lawyers across the country improve their lives and their practices. Again, that's benglassreferrals.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy these oral arguments from the Supreme Court of Virginia.